Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Well, amen, amen. Welcome to Freedom Church this, this Sunday morning. My name is Jared, one of the pastors here at Freedom. I just want to extend a special welcome and to everybody tuning in online, especially our Crookston campus out there in Crookston, Minnesota. I want to update everybody on a very exciting tidbit of knowledge that Pastor Joel and his wife Ellie and their family have now been at Freedom Church for one year. How about that? So we're so thankful as a church family to have Pastor Joel and Ellie and their family, a campus pastor in Crookston, Minnesota, and you guys are particularly fortunate to have him and their family at your church. So we love you, Joel and Ellie. Thank you so much for hearing God's voice and coming to serve at Freedom Church. I uh, also just want to extend a thank you for anybody that, that served at the Grand Forks Street Fair this last couple days. I think we had an army of volunteers from Freedom Church as well as Oxcart Days in Crookston. It's just this amazing, amazing thing in our, in our backyards that we can engage with our, our communities and our cities uh, to bless them. So thank you for everybody that helped at the Street Fair and at Oxcart Days. We just appreciate that so, so much. I, I realized there was a, uh, a flaw in my parenting at the street fair <laughs> while my family and I were there because we passed by the cheese curd stand. You know, when you have one, one stand, one vendor totally devoted to cheese curds, that's where you go for your cheese curds. And, and I said, I think we need to get some cheese curds. And my kids said, what are cheese curds? And I said, oh, no. <laughs> there has been an oversight <laughs> in my parenting <laughs> that needs to be corrected right now. And so we, we had cheese curds uh, as a family. And I don't think that was the first time they ever had it, but I thought, this, you will not forget what these are. I'll tell you that. Well, we've been in a sermon series called First Things First. We started last Sunday. And we're, we're looking at exactly what the title says. What's the first thing? There might be a hundred, maybe a thousand different things going on in your life right now. And we can't put all of the little pieces down here together. We can't put all the thousand different pieces together, know how they're going to pan out, where they go. But, but what's, what's at the top? What's the, what's the one thing? What's the most important thing? And you know, when you put the most important thing in the top spot, everything else just has a way of finding its place too. Has a better way of panning out and finding its fit. So we're talking about the one thing, the main thing. And that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Your relationship with God. Last week, we looked at a component of our relationship with God, and that's our love for God. Coming from the heart. You know, there's so many things we can excel at and grow in, but when we lose our heart, that love for God, God's like, I don't want all the other stuff if I don't have your heart. And so today, we're going to look at another component of our relationship with the Lord, and that boiled down quite simply to just our dependence on God. Just, just dependence on the Lord. So if you have access to God's Word, why don't you pull it out, turn it on, uh, swipe, scroll, whatever you need to do to get to it. Uh, The Gospel of Luke. We're going to look at the story of Martha and Mary in Luke chapter 10, the end of the chapter, starting verse 38. And if you don't have access to God's Word, there's a table out there in the foyer that says free Bibles. It is not false advertised. You can definitely take a Bible home for yourself or to a a friend, classmate, family member that needs one. We would love to have everybody to have access to God's Word. Luke chapter 10, and if you don't, it'll be on the screen as well. 
Luke 10, verse 38 to 42, says this. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do not care that my sister has left me to serve alone. Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So we're going to look at this passage this week and next week. We're going to look at Martha today and Mary next week. And we're going to start this morning by talking about what this passage is not saying And then we're going to move into talking about what this passage is saying. And so if you've ever heard Martha and Mary come up or this passage, it's usually because we like to use Martha and Mary as kind of like a Christian personality test. Are you like Martha or are you like Mary? You know, and we do that, and it's it's almost like we're saying, okay, the Martha type are the people who like to serve, people who are maybe task-oriented, behind the scenes, maybe type A, driven, and... We like to talk about Mary as those who are more thoughtful, contemplative, the, the people that can maybe write poems for the Lord, you know, write songs and just kind of stare off into, into space and have deep thoughts for an hour. And I'm going to tell you, that's not what this passage is trying to get us to, to, to think. It's not trying to go that way. This passage isn't giving us a Christian personality test. It's not even telling us that, that there's even a personality type that God prefers, you know, sometimes we take away from passages like this, or you hear people talk, we can kind of think that there's a personality type that God loves, and then there's a personality type that God doesn't love. There's a personality type that God can use, and there's a personality type that God can't use. Sometimes we get into that thinking, and that's totally wrong. That's totally not the heart of this passage. And maybe you've taken a step closer to your heart and said, you know, I'm not the type of person that God uses. I'm not the personality type that God loves or that God needs. I'm more of an a, a afterthought or just getting in the way. And so my wife and I, wife Kelsey, we're talking about this this week. And, and, you know, she has put a lot of thought into this specific passage. We were talking about it, and, and she brought up a, a journal entry of hers a, a while back where she journaled about this, this very thing. And I thought, rather than me bumble through trying to explain it, I thought, I'll just, I'll just literally read from my wife's journal for you this morning, <laughs> with her permission, of course. You know, I've seen Pastor Nathan do that before, <laughs> read out of Mary's journal, and I thought, hey, that's a great idea. She says it way better than, than I could. Uh, and as you know, Pastor Nathan and Mary are on sabbatical for a couple months, uh, just getting refreshment and, and just ministry rejuvenation, and so they'll be back mid-October. Um, but I just love, I just want to read for you just what my wife had to say about this passage. It says, recently I was feeling frustrated with the Mary Martha story, wondering why God made Martha the way she was, only to reprimand her and tell her to be more like Mary. I so resonate with Martha. She's trying so hard to love Jesus the way she thinks is best, by serving him. But it turns out, Jesus is actually a quality time guy. (laughs) Isn't that great? (laughs) Just sit down and be with me, Martha. 
Perhaps his tone wasn't condemning. Mary's so much better of a Christian than you. Be more like Mary and less like yourself. You ever felt that way? Be more like somebody else. Be a different thing other than yourself. You just can't seem to do it right or, or please God. And I think that that lie is kind of in our hearts, isn't it? That if you were just less like you and more like somebody else, then God could use you. God could work with you. God would love you. God would be able to do something with you. But you feel that chafing, but I, I'm not that way. I'm just not that way. I've been wired a different way than somebody else or whoever you're, you're looking to. And that last line that my wife wrote, I think, strikes a chord. We think God is saying, be more like Mary and less like yourself. Be more like Mary and less like yourself. Well, God has given Kelsey a lot of great revelation on this passage to see that that's not at all what's happening here. God doesn't have a favorite personality type that he uses. And my wife continues on in her journal to talk about that very fact. And I'm going to turn to what God showed my wife to John chapter 11. So this is another instance where Martha and her sister Mary are in the focus because their brother, Lazarus, is sick and dying. You might know the story. He ends up dying, but Jesus raised him from the dead. But we get a very important tidbit about God's heart toward Martha. And we're going to read a little bit of the backstory. So we're going to read John 11, verses 1 to 5. Let's see what God actually thinks about Martha and her personality type. So now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now the next verse is key. tells us what God actually thinks about Martha. It says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So what's God's heart toward Martha's personality type? He loves her. It doesn't just say, God loves Mary and all the things she was doing. I guess Martha kind of tags along and, and he just, he's okay with that. He's saying Jesus loves Martha. Not in proximity to her sister, but standalone. He even mentions it first. Jesus loves Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And so what we're getting here is that God doesn't have a favorite personality type. There's no other type of person that God loves more than your type. There's no type of person. There's no personality type. There's no kind of wiring that God loves more than your wiring. God loves you. God loves you. And he wants you and he wants to use you. So thank you, honey, for letting me Borrow your anointed revelation. <laughs> so this passage, if we go back to Luke 10, it isn't showcasing a hierarchy. So what is it showcasing? What is it saying? I believe it's saying this. God doesn't have favorites, like a favorite personality, but God does favor those who let him lead them. God favors those who let him lead them. And that goes beyond a personality type. There isn't any personality type that makes you more inclined to let God lead you than others. 
That's just a base humility before the Lord. Maybe there are some personality types that can receive God's instructions better, but they may have a harder time following through. Maybe there's other personality types that have a harder time slowing down and getting God's instructions, but once they get it, man, they're following through. There's no personality type that makes you more inclined to let God lead you, but it takes a humbling of ourselves across the board. And God favors those who let him lead them who depend on him, who wait on him, who look to him. So a very important verse back in Luke chapter 10 is verse 40. I think this just summarizes the heart of what it's saying. Luke 10 verse 40 says, But Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, it could be true that Martha was more inclined to serving, maybe behind-the-scenes, task-oriented type of work. But, you know, that doesn't automatically mean you're more distractible. Martha was distracted, but it wasn't because of her wiring. She was distracted with much serving. You know, you can be distracted with serving. You can also be distracted with leading. You can be distracted with tasks, and you can be distracted with thoughts. You can be distracted with theological textbooks. You can be distracted with writing songs for the Lord. You can be distracted sermon prepping. I don't know if you've ever been there. You can be distracted with the work of the ministry. You can be distracted by anything. Career path, relationships, TV shows. You can, there's nothing that is off limits to what can distract us. And so the point of this passage isn't that people who like to serve are more easily distracted. It's just that people get distracted. And people who are distracted, catch this, forget to ask God for help. People who are distracted forget to ask God for help. That's the definition of being distracted with the Lord, is you forget to bring your own needs before God. You forget to seek out God's direction, God's help, God's counsel. And I believe that's what Martha forgot to do. So put yourself in the situation. Jesus is coming to town. Who invited Jesus into the house? Martha. And so he's coming into her house. She's getting everything ready. And she's getting overwhelmed. There's so much stuff to do, so many expectations, so much things on her plate. What should Martha have done? Here's what I think Martha should have done. She should have come up to Jesus not pointing out the problems in everybody else that she sees, say, God, I'm overwhelmed. Jesus, I have so much to do, and honestly, I'm overwhelmed at it all. I don't think I can do it all. Would you help me? What do you think about this? I need some help figuring all this out. You know what I think Jesus would have done in that moment? I think he would have helped her. He might not have, you know, jumped next to her and done some things with her, but he would have, he would have given her real help in what was tripping her up. Maybe he would have said, Martha, all of these things you're doing over here, it's, they're kind of not necessary. I don't, I don't need you to sweep the dirt floor. You know, I don't need the doilies laid around. I don't need all that. You're just doing too much. These things, just cut them out. Oh. That would have been so helpful. Thank you. Oh, man. Or maybe you would have said, you know, Martha overheard some other gals 
came in and they said, if you need any help, let us know. And you know what? Martha, there's people in your life already that want to help you. Why don't you ask them for help? They're right there. I've, I've actually put them in your life. Oh, you're right. I totally forgot about that. You know, there's people in our life that say that and we just kind of ignore it. There's people in our lives that can help us. Or maybe Jesus would have said, hey, Martha, here's an idea. How about you do these three things together and that'll save you half the time rather than doing them uh, at, you know, at different times. And why don't you, while the, while the water's boiling with this, you can do this. It's like, oh, that's really good wisdom. Very practical. I could cut off half the time of doing it that way. God can just give you all sorts of help, all sorts of wisdom when you bring your need to God. But, but what did Martha do? She was distracted, overwhelmed. You know what she did? She said, you know, God, if you cared, what is that saying? God's got a real problem here, and I'm going to fix it. I want to fix God's problem. And not only did God have a problem, her sister had a problem. You know, she's over there just being lazy. Why don't you do something about that? Huh? Why don't you have her help me? When you bring, when you're focused on the problems of everybody else around you, but not your own need for God, that's a little indication that maybe you're off balance. Distracted people forget to ask God for help. But you know, this isn't the only Martha moment in the Bible. I thought of another Martha-type moment that actually happened in the Old Testament. And you can leave uh, the Gospel of Luke. And let's go back a couple uh, chapters, a couple books, a couple thousand years to the book of Joshua. I believe it's the sixth book in the Bible, so go way to the back after Deuteronomy. Joshua, chapter 9 is where I believe we find another Martha moment. Maybe you wouldn't think of this person as a Martha type because there really is no Martha types except we all get distracted, right, at different times. So Martha, Martha, Martha chapter 9. See, it's already in there. Joshua chapter 9 is a story where, so if you know, if you know the story of the Israelites, Moses was the top guy. He, he brought them out of Egypt and he brought them to the edge of the promised land. Well, then he passed away, and the next guy, Joshua, led them into the promised land. He started conquering and taking over the promised land that God had given to them, starting with crossing the Jordan, which was a miracle, defeating Jericho. It's a pretty popular story. They had a little bit of a setback at Ai, but then they figured that out and moved forward. So all the people that are in the promised land are like, hey, these guys are for real. we got to do something. And most of the people said, well, we're going to team up, and we're going to attack them. But a different city called Gibeon... They said, we're not going to do that. I don't think we can take them. What we're going to do is we're going to pretend to be from way far away, not even in the promised land. We're going to get moldy bread and, and rip our clothes. And it looks like we've been on a long, long journey. And we're going to pretend that we don't live here. And we're going to make a treaty with them, a peace treaty. So they're going to fool them. And Joshua and the Israelites take it, hook, line, and sinker, totally deceived. And let's see what, what God thinks about that. Joshua 9 Verse 14 kind of talks about the end of that interaction. So the men took some of their provisions, meaning they looked at the stuff that these people brought, moldy bread and their, their raggedy clothes, and it looked like they were legit. They were from way far away. They didn't need to bother them. The men took some of their provisions and looked at it, but did not ask counsel from the Lord. Oops. Oops. And Joshua made peace with them 
and made a covenant with them to let them live, and the leaders of the congregation swore to them. But at the end of three days, after they had made a covenant with them, they heard that they were their neighbors and that they lived among them, meaning some of the people they were supposed to push out of the land and not make a treaty with. So it boils down to what? Joshua was distracted with much kicking butt. <laughs> Joshua was distracted with much leading. He was distracted with, with taking promised land. He was distracted with all the duties of a leader. He was distracted, which meant what? He didn't ask counsel of the Lord. This seemed like a manageable thing. They got this. They got it covered. You know, we'll leave the big stuff to God, but, you know, this kind of stuff we can handle. They didn't ask counsel of the Lord, and therefore they misstepped. They goofed. Joshua, at that moment, had a Martha moment. You know, I'm sure that we can uh, look at our life and see many distracted moments, can't we? Maybe you're in a distracted moment right now. Maybe, you're, maybe you came in this morning not having brought your needs before the Lord, not looking to let the Lord lead your life. I can think over my life, there are big examples of that, there are small examples of that. Even this last week, my wife and I were just thinking through our fall activities that we were going to do as a family, that we were going to have the kids do. You know, there's a lot of things to think about. And we were kind of torn between different activities and what, what we should do, what's the best way forward, what should we do for our family rhythm. And I was, I was leaving work, and I was going to drive home for lunch, and we really wanted to decide something. And I was walking down the stairs, because the, the exit from the stairs kicks me right out to where my car is. And God often stops me in that stairwell. Because I'm, you know, thinking through stuff, churning things out, and I get to the stairs, and, and God's like, what's your sermon about again? Oh, yeah, it's about letting you lead us and stuff. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I have not prayed about this. I thought, oh, okay. And so I stopped, as I often do in that stairwell, and I said, okay, God, we're looking at all these different things, fall activities. It's not... Big deal stuff, but it's important. So, Lord, I just ask for your wisdom. Give, give us your grace to, to, and a direction forward for what we should do as a family, what our kids should do for activities. And I took that intentional moment. I thought, okay, I've given it to the Lord now. And came home, and all the other times we've talked, and it was kind of, we weren't sure. You know what? We talked, and it was like we had a, a solid way forward. It just, there was a peacefulness and a harmony. It's like, yes, this is what we should do. Would that have happened if I didn't pray? Maybe. But it happened, and I did pray. And I thought, thank you, Lord. This is so much better when you're involved. I know I've shared this story before, but there are also big things. Uh, when Kelsey and I, my wife and I, were just dating, there was a time when I thought I, need, I wanted to break off the relationship. Uh, I thought for good reasons, but it turns out it was all selfish. And I remember the Lord stopping me and saying, I know he doesn't say this to everybody, but my story is God said, she's plan A for your life. I thought, whoa, I want plan A. I'm a student. I know what A means. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, but that was the moment of saying, okay, God, I'm going to let you lead. I don't necessarily see it in the moment, but I'm going to let you lead. And it turned out uh, he was right. <laughs> a lot of selfishness that I had to get over. So whether it's big or small, God favors those who let him lead them, who let him lead them. 
So what does it look like to be led by the Lord? Well, I wish I had like a super magical formula. Just do this and this and this. You know, it takes this amount of time. You have to be in this position. Uh, You know, you have to pray like this. You have to be at this time of the day. I don't have anything like that for you, but the one thing I will pass to you is the word intentional. Intentional. Thinking about your problems, thinking about your needs, thinking about your life isn't the same as praying. Praying is say, I'm going to take an intentional moment and give this to God. It might be short, on your way to work or on your way to class. It might be longer, over a longer period of time where you're just continually giving this over. But at the baseline, it's intentionality. I'm going to intentionally take this specific thing to God in prayer. Now, whatever that looks like for you, that's what it looks like for you. But intentionality, this thing I have now brought before the Lord. And I'm seeking his direction, seeking his help, seeking his leading, seeking his grace. And his answer might come quickly or it might be over a longer period of time of continually wrestling through something. Maybe it'll come to you directly or maybe it'll come through somebody that's around you, a friend or a family member or a church person or a Chi Alpha staff, whatever it might be. But say, I have brought this to the Lord. And sometimes it's hard to find that, isn't it? Our life gets so busy, we can get distracted. Either studying, working, playing video games, (laughs) whatever it might be. But if you need that, if you need a space to be intentional with God, that's something that we've tried to open up at our Wednesday night prayers. That if you just need a spot on the calendar where you can come and be intentional That's what we try to do at Wednesday night prayer. Here in Grand Forks at 7, in Crookston, they meet at the church at 7 o'clock as well. And you know what we do? We just take an extended period of time, listen to music in the speakers, and you're just, it's just you and God. You and God. And since Pastor Nathan and Mary started doing that a couple years ago, you know, for me, it's been a weekly opportunity on the schedule for me to have everything put away and to be intentional with God to give things to God that I might have forgotten to give to him if I didn't have that time. And so I just want to encourage anybody, if you're looking for something like that, I just can't get away. I can't block it all out. I don't know what to do. Home isn't wrestled for me. Work isn't wrestled for me. My commute isn't long enough to really have any time with the Lord in prayer. I encourage you, come out Wednesday nights here in Crookston. I think it might be something that will really, really bless you. But being intentional and letting God lead you, and I believe he will. So this time, I also want to invite the band to come up here in Grand Forks. I want the band to come up there in Crookston as well to start getting ready for our closing song. And while they're getting ready, I just want us to think about where you're at right now. Where's your life at? Where's the first thing? Where's the first thing? Are you running through life on your own? Are you just kind of blazing a trail on your own, probably distracted? Or are you saying, God, I want my life to be led by you. I want you to take first place in my life. I want you to lead me to where I'm going. You know, to be honest, sometimes it's hard to find a space to do that. I would like us just to have this time, this space, be an opportunity for you just to get centered with the Lord. What's going on in your life? What causes you stress? What causes you anxiety? What's on your front burner? Let's just take time this morning and just you and God say, okay, God, I need your help.
I need you to lead this. I'm going to be open-handed, God. I know sometimes my heart is tight-fisted and white-knuckling, but you know what, God? I'm going to be open-handed. I'm going to let you lead my life. So why don't we do this together? Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes? As you think about your life, I think this is, a, this is a God's call for you. The start of a new school year, start of a new semester, the start of a fall season, the start of something else. Or maybe there isn't anything new starting up in your life. But what is God needing to lead in your life? What is God needing to, to take over? What do you need to offer to the Lord this morning? Now, this isn't the golden formula, and we'll part ways with Crookston in just a minute. But just between you and God, every head bowed, every eye closed, if there's something that you know in your life that you want to hand over to the Lord, just as a gesture before him, you know what it is in your heart, but why don't you raise your hand? Just say, God, this thing I'm thinking of, I give it to you. Just raise your hand as a gesture of, here it is, God. Here's, it's yours. Give me grace. You lead that. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. You can put your hands down in Crookston as well. You know, maybe you're here this morning and you haven't ever let God lead your life. Maybe you've sat on the throne of your life your whole life. And maybe God is pulling on your heart this morning to say, I want in. I want into your life. And maybe God is speaking to you today about making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, about asking him for your, his forgiveness and to lead your life for the first time. And if that's you, why don't you raise your hand as well as a gesture to the Lord. Say, for the first time, God, I want to make you Lord of my life. You can raise your hands in Crookston as well. Lead my life, Lord, because I can't lead it on my own. you can put your hands down. Let me pray for us together. Father God, we, we aren't any good on our own, but Father, you're really good. A life that is led by the Lord is a life that is well kept, a life, oh God, that is, that is prosperous, a life that is fruitful. So Father, we just give you all these things. We give you our life, oh Lord. Forgive us for being distracted for whatever it reason, whatever our personality type God is, whatever we get distracted with, Lord, but thank you for bringing us back to the center today, that you would be Lord of our life, that you would be Lord of our life. So come, Holy Spirit, lead and direct your people, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.